Hey everyone, I'm Mark Talbot from 20 Foot Radius. And I'm Derek Myers from DungeonsMaster.com. I'm Craig Sutherland, and you're listening to Recounting Encounters, a D&D Adventures League podcast. A show where we talk about D&D encounters, D&D expeditions, D&D epics, and exploits from our D&D home games. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Recounting Encounters. Joining us this evening again, and we're all together. Derek, Craig, how are you guys doing? Pretty good, how are you? Very, very well. Derek, how are you doing? Doing great, thanks. Excellent. Speakers working well? They're working. I, I won't <laughs> say well, but they're working. <laughs> nice. All right, so uh, lead us into what we're going to be talking about this evening. All right, so uh, some of the feedback we've received is that uh, people who listen to our podcast love the show, but would really like to know what we're going to talk about rather than just have to listen through the rambling. So a little preview. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about the uh, the new release of the Unearthed Arcana features uh, from Wizards. The first one features some Eberron content, which I know is near and dear to my heart. Then we're going to talk a little bit just about the upcoming release schedule for WotC or really the absence of a release schedule. Uh, we'll move on to the next product coming out for d Encounters, the Princes of the Apocalypse, which is part of the uh, Elemental Evil play path which will be starting in may no in march pardon me and uh and then if we've got time uh we will talk a little bit about some tips and tricks and advice for helping your store uh build up their public play program and uh yeah let's see let's see if we've got enough steam to get all the way through all that stuff so um craig you want to start by talking a little bit about the uh, unearthed arcana Certainly, certainly. So, uh, basically, at the end of last year, they had announced that, like, they used to have Legends and Lore, and they, and they had a couple other regular recurring articles that they were doing on the, the D&D website, but those had really kind of slowed down a bit, and obviously, there's been no more Dungeon and Dragon magazine. So, at the end of last year, they said they're, they're bringing all those articles to an end, and they're going to debut 2015 with a couple new ones, and one of them was... Uh, Unearthed Arcana, uh, which has finally made its uh, debut submission for the month of January. And uh, basically what Unearthed Arcana is, is is a whole bunch of ideas and things that they're using, uh, like rules, tweaks, uh, you know, character options, classes, races, that kind of stuff. Uh, and they're going to be putting them out every once. So I'm not sure how often. I assume it's going to be monthly, but we'll see. Um, but basically the whole idea is that they're going to put this out here so people can download these packets and and play around with the options in their in their home game. Uh, they can give them their feedback, and then th- th- I think the intention is that you know Wizards of the Coast is thinking of releasing some of this stuff at, in some form or fashion in the future, and this is kind of a way that they can do a play test of this stuff because you can go on, you know, you can download the packet and try the new options, and then say, hey, this this is too powerful, this is underpowered, or you know, this is weird or whatever. Um, and then, you know, by the time it, it actually hits proper print form, if it reaches that, then should be good to go, basically. I th- at least that's, from my understanding, that's what it's supposed to be. But this month's uh, release is all about Eberron. So it's basically, you have the Warforged, uh, and I think the Changelings in there. Uh, there's and the, the Shifter. Art- shifter. Uh, the Shifter, sorry. And there's the Artificer uh, Wizard School. Uh, there's uh, rules for dragon marks, like basically a lot of the mechanical stuff from uh, the overview of mechanical stuff for Eberron is included in here. It's it, it like in terms of presentation, it's just uh, it looks like the old playtest documents, it's just like plain text on the. Yeah, on it's the really way. it's really looking kind of shabby, but yeah, and it's it's very thin. I mean, the amount of information they give on there is quite thin. Also, I mean, it's what two and a half pages. 
I thought it was like six pages. Oh, hang on. It, it is thin overall. Yeah, it's, it's six pages, and it doesn't really give a whole heck of a lot of detail, but I think it's a really good start for... Uh, it's, a, it's a really good start to kind of get it the, 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 the feel of Eberron into the 5th edition world, so... Yeah. yeah, no, it's a cool way to give people like some stuff that like, now that they've had the three core books out for a couple months, it's a good way to start giving some extra options out without sort of like overdoing it, right? Because I know that was some of the complaints people had of previous editions where they would have two or three books a month, you know, which would be like you get too much too too quick and then you need a second job just to pay for your D and D stuff. <laughs> yeah, or it'd just be like everyone's using all these crazy different options and it was just. The, the whole idea of having rules blow it, right? This kind of yeah. really cuts down on it quite a bit. So, yeah. But, so, I mean, not having been... I, I've never actually played with Eberron. I only know... I know very little about Eberron myself other than some of the basic stuff. I'm, but I know both of you guys are like... Or, or have had history that you both really like it, yeah? Well, I know Derek's a huge fan, but yeah. myself, I, you know, I Derek's the one that got me into it. And ever since then, I've kind of, I think, read every Eberron book out there. It's uh, it's a great world. I haven't had a lot of chance to play in it, but I've dabbled in it a few times, and I think it's, I think it's fantastic. So, from what you guys have read, then with, um, with like assuming you've both read the uh, the, the uh, Eberron packet that they released. Yep. Yep. Uh, how do you feel it, it compares to, uh, or like how does it uh, does it bring the world of Eberron to to players' uh, games uh, effectively? Me, sorry, let me jump in. So, uh, to answer your question. Uh, sort of a yes and no. It def- as you've already said, it gives the mechanics. You know, it tells you if you if you want to play these races or you want to play the the artificer class or you want to give your characters dragon marks. This is how you do it in a way that's balanced with the rules as they exist in fifth edition. So it's certainly a good first step. This packet is not intended for somebody who's never played Eberron before to read these six pages and then suddenly go, "I know everything I need to know to run a campaign in Eberron." It's exactly. Clearly not the purpose of this document. Uh, yeah, and actually, sorry if I just interrupt really quick. Uh, they do actually on the front page of the download. They say to learn more about Ebron and whatever. Download it from ddclassics.com, All the old rule books or setting yeah. books. Yeah, and I was going to say if if people are interested in in running a campaign in Ebron, and uh, I mean I'm a huge advocate. I love Ebron. My home group's been playing in Ebron since the book first came out way back in. Geez, I got to think it's 2003 or 2004. It was a long yeah. ago. Uh, there are a couple of books that are pretty much mandatory. There's a book called Dragon Marks, uh, which is fantastic. It, it literally is. It talks about all the dragon marked houses and and how you would role play those in your game and in your uh, in your campaign world. Um, another really good one just to learn about the about the world itself is called The Forge of War, and it reads pretty much like a history book. It's it's not so much a mechanics as much as the history of the world of Eberron, and then of course the actual. Um, campaign book the campaign setting is great what's that the campaign bit setting is really really good yeah and now these are all books that were released under the third edition banner uh the the core eberron book the first one the third edition one is obviously got all the mechanics from third edition which may not be as relevant now but the dragon mark source book and the forge of war source book are are both more edition neutral they weren't designed as edition neutral but there's really they're very light on mechanics and they're very heavy on the story side of it uh, if you're interested in getting into Eberron and you're looking for the game books, that's the way to go. If you're getting into Eberron uh, and you maybe want to read the novels, if you can find Don Bastingthwaite's uh, two trilogies, um, six novels, they follow the same characters all the way through, uh, fantastic series of books. The second trilogy is, in my opinion, every bit as good as the best book that Salvatore's written. Uh, if 
it, it, it is everything that an Eberron book should be. The story is great. The characters are great. The flavor of the world is great. I can't say enough good things about it. Look it up if you want a good Eberron read. Don Bassingthwaite's the author. Uh, I can't think of the titles, but I'll look them up uh, in a few minutes here once uh, once we move on to something else and I have a second to pause. <laughs> the uh, And I, I agree with you on that. I mean, you know, you have the mechanics to do the Eberron world, but you're absolutely right. A uh, brand new player to the world of Eberron will have no idea what all this stuff is talking about, pretty much. Um, but, you know, I hope that they do come out with a little more flavor pieces in the future for Eberron. Not just not just any kind of mechanics and such. You know, um, the core world had just had the sundering with uh, Drizzt and everybody else is, is having a heyday and yet nothing's done with Eberron yet. So I'm hoping that they give Eberron a little bit of flavor, a little bit of shout-out when it comes to this new edition. Well, it'll certainly be interesting, interesting to see if... if um future unearth because i mean i know unearth arcana is is sort of like a, a mishmash of a whole bunch of different things so who knows what's gonna be next but in terms of settings like i mean there's like you know immediately this opens the door to like Greyhawk. there's uh ravenloft and dark sun i can't stand dark sun anyway that's <laughs> my own right? yeah yeah, 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 yeah there's yeah. a lot of fans of dark sun right but like imagine like even though, like if they put it like a little thing for spell jammer or something like that would be crazy Spelljammer, I haven't heard. That's <laughs> the second that? edition. I know, and like I know Rodney Thompson over at, at uh, Watsi really liked uh, Al Kadim. Uh-huh. So, like, I mean, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see what kind of what, what kind of doors that'll open for. Like, I mean, not everything has to be a full. You know, you don't need a full line of a uh, Dark Sun necessarily, or, or whatever, right? Like, you could uh, put, or, or maybe Spelljammer is a better example. Like, you just put it some like little things like that for people who appreciate that and just kind of. Would not convert anything else from the, the older editions. Do you think that this is where Wizards of the Coast is going to start becoming modular with 5th edition? Absolutely. Yeah. This is this is the modularity they were talking about, pretty much? To a certain... Like, I mean, I think, like, you're going to see... You're probably eventually going to see a Forgotten Realms uh, setting book of some sort, however form that takes. But I think, like, for the big the big players, like Forgotten Realms and, you know, probably Nebron too, you, you might see some stuff published for it. But, yeah, like... I think for other stuff, absolutely. And, and I mean, I think that's great because I think otherwise you just wouldn't see it at all. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So a uh, little segue. Um, oh, one other thing I want to mention. I'm sorry, I made a note when Craig, when you were talking, you were talking about how this Unearthed Arcana essentially is the way to get your fix now, in, whereas you used to have Dungeon Magazine and Dragon Magazine. Uh, just a heads up, uh, many of the issues of Dungeon Magazine and Dragon Magazine from the last, say, five, basically all the 4th edition stuff, uh, most of that is now available uh, through dndclassics.com. Uh, so if you haven't had a D&D Insider subscription in a while and you don't have all those uh, those soft uh, PDF copies that were put out and you're looking for some of them, I believe that you can get a whole bunch of them for very reasonable prices. Oh, that's right. I forgot they did that. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's segue then. Uh, we sort of touched on this already just about the product release calendar, and really it's more of an absence of. So we've got uh, the Elemental Evil uh, Adventure Book, Adventure Path, Player Option Book, whatever we're going to call it, which uh, is going to be the focus of the new season of D&D Encounters, which we'll get to in a minute. But other than that, Wizards doesn't really have anything else in the way of hardcover uh, or rather print material available. 
uh, coming down the pipe, right? Like, have you guys heard yeah. about anything? Nope. The only thing that they had previously, uh, which we should probably mention, is that they did have, or at least they didn't officially announce, but there was product listings uh, from some of the websites, including cover art for a book called The Adventures Handbook, which was supposed to come out alongside Princes of the Apocalypse. But what it sounds like they've done now is they've, They've uh, they've basically combined those two books into Princes of the Apocalypse, so the the player stuff from there got just ported into that book, and they've scrapped the idea of an of announcing the other one. Because I know some people are like, oh, they canceled it, and Mike Morales is like, oh, we can't cancel something we didn't announce. True, so, but I mean, so, the content apparently is uh, like the, the best. Of the content is still salvaged. So yeah. So now that what, what obviously we won't know for another month is. Uh, if it was supposed to be two books and now it's one book, is it going to be one book that's twice as thick or did they have to pare down content in order to get it to still stay the length of whatever the original uh, uh, book was? Right. Um, you know, I mean, these kinds of questions we may not know, uh, we may never get confirmed, but uh, it would certainly be nice to see a really beefy book that's got, a, a, you know, a very strong adventure path and the player's options in it. Now, I understand that Wizards is going to be releasing some of those player options for free as a download, just like they did with the basic D&D player's book. Um, the question really is how uh, how much of that content will be available versus how much is going to be exclusive to the books. Um, I know it's going to include things like um, the Genasi race and um, some of the more elemental themed uh, paths for the classes. Like someone had suggested it was going to have the sorcerer uh, Shi'ar, Shire, I'm not yeah. sure how you pronounce that. Um, like the elemental uh, wizard, basically um, that kind of thing. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what comes of it. Yeah. They haven't fully detailed everything other than the, the Genasi, but uh, yeah, exactly. We're just going to have to wait and see on that one, I think. But, uh, but yeah, beyond that, there's the, I mean, they have other products for D and D announced, like for example, the Element or the Temple of Elemental Evil uh, board game. Yes, which is which. The cool thing is that it is completely backwards compatible with the other adventure system games like Castle Ravenloft, Legend of Drizzt, and Wrath of Shardalon. Uh, despite having the dressings of a fifth edition product, it is fully backwards compatible with that system. So. Yeah, yeah. which cool. if you've got, if, I mean, if you're a fan of the old games and you've got them, then great, you can intermix them. Uh, personally, I found that although the games were great, uh, the, the price point was really on the high side for a board game. And I mean, this is coming from a super hardcore board game geek. Uh, I, I, you know, you really get your money's worth because there's so much stuff in the box. But if you're not a D&D guy, you're not going to realize sort of what you're getting. Uh, and you may pass on it because the price point is so high, especially if you're a young kid and the parents think, oh, well, let's start him on the board game and see if he likes it enough to move him into the role-playing game. It, it, it can be a little bit uh, a little bit pricey. So, I mean, until we actually see the game on the shelves and get the price point, uh, you know, let's sort of reserve judgment. But if history is any indicator, it, it's going to be a, a pretty, uh, pretty high point. Yeah, so, and there was one other big... Uh... Elemental Evil product announcement, which I think, Mark, you know a little bit more about it than I. Oh, you're talking about nice little Neverwinter. Indeed, our, our wonderful little video game. Now, not only is the Elemental Evil campaign coming out, uh, I believe, Craig, you are participating in the closed beta for Xbox. That's true for Xbox One specifically. Oh, Xbox One specifically. So yes, Xbox is out already. It's Xbox One that's coming out now, right? Oh no! It's it's um, okay. so 
it's, it's, yeah, I'm if, confused. If, if, if you're not following up on the consoles, basically, there's the original Xbox, which is from back in like 2000, late 90s or whatever. Then there's the Xbox 360, which was the second one. And now they've released the Xbox One. It's the all-in-one entertainment center. It's a really weird name. But anyway, it's the latest Xbox console. But and it's, uh, it's, it's available there oh, well, for closed beta testers right now. But it's quite exciting because Neverwinter has been excellent with the, uh, I, I find, with the rise of Tiamat. I mean, you know, some of the quests are monotonous and stuff, but uh, all in all, I think it's been a very fun, very fun module add-on to the game. And I think that uh, it will only get better following the rest of what, what Wizards of the Coast is doing. And, um, you know, if they can follow that, then, you know, not only will it attract more D&D players to do the video game, it, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really nostalgic for me to see these characters go from one from one book to a video game. I think it's great. Well, and think of all the crossover too, right? Because there's the uh, Ari Salvatore books where they had uh, Valinda Shadow Mantle was uh, one of the characters yeah. in that book, and then she's one of the antagonists in the game. And then, of course, it follows along with the regular storylines too. So, like, if you're a and d player that you go and play Encounters or you play a home game with, like, the, the modules that they're releasing, then you log into the game, you're going to see, like you said, like, NPCs and whatnot from those games, or, like, you're going to you're going to be like interacting with that storyline in different mediums. Basically. Well, yeah, it's just like when you guys were playing Encounters last season, right? You had a character that was helping out called Wrath Modar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but Wrath Modar was also helping out in, uh, I think it was uh, Tyranny of Dragons, the, the module Tyranny of Dragons. So when the Rise of Tiamat came out, he turned against everybody. So now he's a guy that you actually fight. So I, th- I thought that was just so cool. Yeah, that kind of like cross-media stuff always... It always gives me the geek out quite a bit. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like even when they did something like the Abyssal Plague way back when. Well, not really way back when, but you know what I mean. It was a number of years back. Yeah, yeah, no, I just meant like it wasn't like first edition days. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it, it, was a while, it was a while back, and that was kind of like uh, their sort of return, I guess, to that type of uh, idea of uh, having sort of like a multi- uh, yeah, and didn't didn't you guys also didn't you guys what was that uh what was the name of that adventure the big maze underground the one where you start at different points of teleportation Dead and Thay Dead and Thay So you also had a guy that was helping you all called Severin, right? Actually Severin is in he's the new leader of the the cult of the dragon. Yeah. So he's that's for tyranny of dragons. He's he's one of the guys that you actually have to defeat also in Rise of Tiamat. So the, I I just love the crossover, and I think it's I think it's great to put like a face to a name and to actually you know say oh I finally got to kill you you know that kind of thing. Yeah, for so, sure. So it's great, but uh, yeah. So just just before we continue on something else here, um, Derek, does this sound familiar? The Doom of Kings by Don Bastingthwaite. Yeah, I, I managed to pull the books off the shelves while you guys were geeking out over your video games. So, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, Don Bastowitz, the first trilogy is called The Dragon Below, and uh, the books are called uh, The Binding Stone, The Grieving Tree, and The Killing Song. And uh, the second trilogy, which is, uh, you know, the first trilogy, I'd say give 8 out of 10, 8.5 out of 10. The second trilogy is a 10 out of 10 all the way through. Uh, it's called The Legacy of Dukan. Uh, the first book is The Doom of Kings. The second one is called World of Traitors. And the third one is Tyranny of Ghosts. And uh, that second one, it, it's you know, it's basically the Empire Strikes Back equivalent where it's like you've got this huge arc and all sorts of good stuff happens. And it's got this awesome cliffhanger ending. And it's just so good on so many levels. 
I, you can tell I'm, ge- I'm geeking out over yeah, it. I have to start reading yeah. these books again. You get yourself worked up good. here. Well, the, uh, you know what? What turned me on to Abraham was the, uh, the one that you turned me on to was the uh, Draconic Prophecies. That's also excellent by oh. James Wyatt. Yep. Uh, uh, excellent, uh, excellent tr- trilogy. The, um, they're all about, that's about the ones with the guy with the storm mark, right? The mark of the storm. Exactly. And he doesn't remember yeah. who he is and eventually kind of discovers who he is and blah, blah, blah. So, anyway. Yeah, there are so many there. I mean, even Keith Baker's original trilogy uh, is is good. It, it's it, I think it focuses a little bit too much on sort of his his pet areas of Eberron almost like it's his world. And I found that with his novels, it was almost like he was trying to show off all the stuff that he personally liked about the world. And I felt that sort of hurt the story a, a little bit. But uh, yeah, and there's a trilogy called the, the Mark of Death trilogy. I think that's what it's called. Um and uh, it's it, it was really good as well. There's uh, the heirs of Ash, I think, is the other one, and where they're trying to find the the airships. And oh, you know, they're just these these books are so good. I think there's only one book in of all of the Eberron novels. Like, there's got to be twenty or thirty novels out, and I've read every one of them. There was only one of the standalone books uh, was just terrible. But and of course, can't think of the title of it right now. So anyone looking to get an Eberron, don't read the standalone books. Read all the trilogies. You'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. Yeah, the standalone books, I mean, the ones by Marshila Rockwell were even very good. Is that the, the Shardax one? The Shardax and the uh, Skin of Shadows. Yeah, yeah, excellent books. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I, like I said, I don't really know a whole lot about Eberron. Um, so you, know, you guys make me kind of interested to check him out. I didn't realize he thought so highly about a bunch of these oh, books yeah. that came out. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And I've got old school paperbacks on the shelf, so if you want to borrow them, you know, <laughs> just ask. Fair enough. Okay, so uh, okay, so moving on then. So we've talked about Unearthed Arcana and Eberron. We've talked about product releases. We'll move on to uh, uh, Elemental Evil. So DD Encounters right now, we're finishing up Tyranny of Dragons. We've got another month or so before the next game, uh, the next storyline comes out. Uh, March 18th, if I've, I don't have a calendar in front of me, but correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure March 18th is the Wednesday. And uh, that, that is correct, good sir. Yeah, that is the first official week when the new Elemental Evil storyline begins. Now, what's going to make that challenging is the actual book, The Princes of the Apocalypse, doesn't come out in the regular stores uh, for a couple of weeks after that. I think the first week of April. It's April 7th specifically. Yes, thank you. And then 11 days earlier for the uh, VIP stores. But even 11 days earlier doesn't yeah. give you very much time to get things ready. So the, on the on the plus side, Wizards has confirmed that uh, stores that are going to run it through public play will be sent an access code, just like they were for the, um, the rise, of T- rise. No, not the rise. Of Court of the Dragon. Oh. Yeah, where there's a, D- a DM website, they'll send out the password, and you can download a PDF copy of the adventure, or at least the parts of the adventure that are sanctioned, or that are the sort of the core public play DD encounters parts. So, again, looking at the model that they used the last time around. The book had seven chapters. The first three chapters, pardon me, seven episodes. The book, the first three episodes were the part that was the official encounters part, and that was provided as a free PDF download to any DM that was running it through the store. It sounds like that's pretty much what they're going to do again this time, and that PDF is supposed to be available, I believe, two weeks ahead of time, uh, ahead of the eighth. So, like, we're talking the first week of March, the PDF is supposed to be available. So, that will give DMs ample time to at least get the first couple of sessions uh, prepped before the actual hardcover is available. And uh, I was just about to say that. Yeah. 
I was about so, to say that. That was about time that they send it out a little bit earlier so DMs can get prepped before the encounter season. Indeed. Now, of course, you need to coordinate with your store. Uh, I know, like, we play at a couple of different stores, and one of them is really good. As soon as the email comes in, they forward it to the DMs. Another one of the stores where I play at, they never the, the email seems to get lost in the void. They never seem to, to get them. So if you're a DM playing at, uh, and your store's been coordinating and sanctioning and getting everything ready, you, sh- you know, it, hopefully everything runs smoothly for you. But if your store doesn't get the email, uh, see if you can reach out to other people who uh, are running it at other stores or uh, maybe if you know people online and stuff. Hell, even email me and we'll see what we can do about uh, trying to help you out and uh, make sure that the DMs that need the, the PDF can get a copy uh, in time to run it. So one of the things that we are considering for our uh, store where Craig and I are playing is... We're going to try to run one of the um, uh, D&D Expedition modules at the store the week before, or two weeks before, the official beginning of the next season. That way, uh, people can potentially have their new characters started up and give them some experience points. That way, when they start the new, the new play path, they're not coming in at level 1 with 0 XP. Hopefully, they get enough experience points doing one of these pre-games where... They come in and they could at least be level two because, as we know, level one sucks. You know, <laughs> a lot of the characters have like five, six, seven, eight hit points, and it's like a guy with a sword runs up to you and gets a lucky swing, and then you're dead. It's like <laughs> I haven't done anything and I'm already dead. So elemental evil, baby. Yeah, welcome to the element. Yeah, but li- <laughs> but living all leveling, all you have to do is just say, "I go and urinate behind the tavern." You get three hundred XP. There's level two. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's such a small amount of experience to, to get to level two. Yeah. But still, now, I mean, that's still one full session anyway, yeah. right? I mean, the challenge, the challenge is that some of the players are really excited about these new options that are going to be available. And the new character creation options may not be available too much ahead of the official release date of the, uh, or at least of the, the D&D Encounters release date of March 18th. Right. So we had talked about possibly spending the week before to do one of the old school slot zeros where you show up and you make characters. And a lot of people seem really keen on that idea, and I think that's great. Um, so in theory, what we would want to do is do the character creation week, then have a week where we run one of the expeditions or uh, maybe a chapter out of uh, Lost Minds of Fendelver, one of the something that's uh, Adventure League sanctioned, Adventure League legal that we could play and that people could earn the experience points from. And then they would jump into the regular, the new adventure path. So, I mean, building on that model, we'd have to start two weeks early. I just don't think that the material would be available even for the DM download. Uh, so people may not be able to actually build the character they're going to play until the, the, the dates roll around. So, I mean, in theory, I think this is a good idea, and a lot of players seem warm to the, uh, to the possibility of, of earning a little XP ahead of time. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Cool. I mean, on the upside... Uh, assuming they don't change the uh, the public play rules in, in the player's guide, they could always create a character that they think they want to play, play them, get a little bit of experience points, and then once they see the new options, if they want to tweak their character, they're certainly allowed to. Uh, I mean, until they hit level 5, everything is fluid. So if you know you want to play a sorcerer and you think there's going to be an elemental build, you could always just play a straight-up regular sorcerer the first couple of weeks once you see the new material tweak yeah. them and, and rebuild them with the new rules so i mean we may see some of that and if so that's fine now they've also announced too that they the first batch of um expeditions that will be coming out under the elemental evil storyline uh and it will include right off the bat a, a few uh level five to ten ones as well or a couple of five to ten ones 
But it'll also include some on. one to fours, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. There's always going to be low level. I mean, there's always going to be most need for that, I think. But, but I think just for people like who are coming over with, they might have a Tyranny of Dragons character that's you know level five or whatever, and you're still able to play those characters, but you need higher level content to do it. So that that's why they want to start hitting you out the gate with some higher level modules as well. But it's it's not going to be as much. But one thing very cool that that I'm glad that they're doing is uh, much like Defiance and Flan, uh, where you had five short like one hour sessions built into one sort of module they're doing something like that again for elemental evil where they're going to have and they're all like more like introductory sort of adventures to the storyline and for new players and such where you're going to have like four or five smaller one hour adventures kind of put together into one because you can always just take pieces from it or you can do it all as one so we've we've i think of all the the uh, the modules i mean they've all been great uh if, in one way or another, but I think Defiance and Flan was great for being able to just, you know, fill in a little a little gap of time if people didn't have time to play the full four hour session. So I'm glad that they're continuing with that. Yeah, and I believe Sean Merwin is writing those ones for the new Adventure Path as well, right? No he, idea. He, I, sure. I, th- I think the one like for Expeditions is he has actually authored it. Yeah, it, I know. Sean, I know he did the Defiance sure. and Flan, and I'm fairly certain he's doing the new ones as well. So oh, it could he, be. Yeah, well, they put out a little bit of information about, like, if, if anyone out there is, like, a, a Forgotten Realms lore person, but they, they put out some information about the four different prophets of the elemental evil and uh, just a little bit about the storyline, too. So, it's pretty cool. Oh, boy, I can't wait to fight Imix. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, um, okay. Now, in, ter- in terms of... Um, Book, do you think they're going to come out with the same kind of quality paper and same kind of thing? Do you think it'll be the same kind of quality? Yeah, I wondered that too. Eh? I, I was completely, those were Canadian to me. Uh, you know, I was, I was, I was absolutely. Indeed, wondering. indeed. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I was wondering that too, because like, there's a noticeable difference between the, the two adventure books and then the core rule books. My assumption is that they will have the same style. And now, the last adventure books were, were created by Cobalt Press. This one is by Sasquatch Studios, and I believe even the, the player content, which I'm not sure if that was directly from Watsi or not, but it, it definitely has a Sasquatch Studios involved as well. Hmm. Yeah, I hope it's the same kind of quality, because I, I found it, it was almost like you're reading the adventure, and it was almost like turning parchment paper, you know? It was really nice. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, again, I think that the quality will be directly related to the price point right right if it's, if it's uh, uh you know like i'm thinking the player's handbook dm's guide like they were obviously a little more expensive but you certainly got your money's worth there was a yeah uh, crap load of content in there and and you know even just like paper quality is is it's different paper used for those books than for the um for the the um adventures right for yeah the Horde of the dragon queen is uh you know it's more like a paper you could actually write on it's not the glossy stuff that the rule books have yeah, so I said like parchment paper almost. Yeah. It was really good. Cool. All right. All right. So, uh, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? Um, well, one of the things that we had talked about possibly doing was uh, just some tips and things about getting your store involved in public play and getting ready for the next season of Encounters. But you know what? I'd rather not rush through that in in you know the ten or fifteen minutes we want to we want to wrap up tonight. I think that's something that could potentially take uh, a lot more of a podcast. And uh, I'm think- sure as we talk about it, things will come up. So why don't we save that one for next week or for uh, we'll definitely cover it 
in, in the next couple of weeks uh, to make sure that if your store is going to be running um, the Elemental Evil uh, Adventure Path in in, uh, in March, we want to make sure that we give you any sort of advice that we think would help you get things started. So. And I think next week what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the uh, remaining adventures that we we didn't speak about, right? The uh, one to four series yeah. of expeditions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like of the, we're getting into the, the later uh, Tyranny of Dragons ones because i mean remember that that storyline is still the current one so and there's definitely lots of cool stuff to talk about there right very good excellent all right gents well we'll talk next week and uh you finished listening to recounting encounters for this week so (laughs) come (laughs) and next week we'll be talking about like i said like we said uh the one to fours of D D expeditions that we haven't spoken about yet so until next time have a blast you can follow me on Twitter at Amaron underscore DM, and be sure to visit DungeonsMaster.com for original D&D 4th edition material, including a weekly field report of my D&D encounters experiences. And follow me on Twitter at 20foot, and visit 20footradius.blogspot.com for your weekly dose of D&D encounters. That's 20footradius20ftradius.blogspot.com. Until then, have a blast.